0: Welcome to AUKUS Amplified from the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons. We're advancing hip and knee patient care through education, advocacy, and research. Hello and welcome to the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons podcast series. Tonight we'll be discussing how to prepare for joint replacement surgery and to set yourself up for a smooth post-operative course. My name is Dr. Trevor North, and I'll serve as the host for this podcast. I'm an orthopedic surgeon practicing in Detroit, Michigan, who specializes in hip and knee arthroplasty. We have a special guest with us tonight, Nikki George, who is our nurse navigator and coordinator and an orthopedic nurse specialist within our joint replacement team. Welcome, Nikki, and thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us tonight.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: You know, Nikki, I often uh, tell patients in clinic that their decision to move forward with surgery, specifically joint replacement surgery, is really their first day of recovery. This initial step is usually an exciting time, in that you know the procedures to, moving forward are going to be meant to improve health and their mobility to reduce pain, but it's also a period of anxiety for people. I think initially people can be a little bit overwhelmed and I hope that through our discussion tonight we can reduce some of that uncertainty and alleviate some of that anxiety for people that are planning on moving forward with joint replacement surgery. So Nikki, let's just talk for a minute about when people start to think that joint replacement is right for them. Who is, do you see as important people in their lives that should be involved in that preoperative process? And and should those people be continuous through preoperative and postoperative care?
1: Well, I think their coach, whoever it may be, whether it's their husband, wife, partner, son, daughter, I think it's important to have somebody involved from the very beginning all the way through until you get home because I think it gives them a better understanding of what the patient's going to go through and the patient feels that they have some support. You know, like a cheerleader, someone that will cheer you on, but not someone that's going to baby them because, you know, some days will be hard, but you just got to push through. Even neighbors, friends, things like that.
0: So I, th- one thing I noticed that you said, Nikki, was a uh, coach. I really do think about patients who have people who are supporting them, those people that are supporting them as coaches, sort of their support system, but also not to baby them too much because it's important for that patient to be engaged in their own health and their recovery. You often tell people to have more than one if possible, or do you just have a primary one or what do you usually counsel people on?
1: I think in the pre-op class where we meet the coach, I think it's important to have that person there in the class. But families sometimes are big and small. I think as many people that you can involve in your whole pathway, I think it will be very helpful just to have someone just cheer you on. could just be a neighbor popping around to see you, bring you some lunch or dinner or just checking in. Hey, is everything okay?
0: those are really good points that support system is is i feel like half the battle for the recovery in this because it is a you know major surgery and it can take some significant time to recover from and having that support system that's pretty consistent is very important often when we're seeing patients in the clinic you know they've been through many non-operative treatment options that you know lead to joint replacement injections and physical therapy weight loss and because of pain and mobility Many of these people would say that that I would have surgery tomorrow if you've got time on your schedule. Often that's not the case. But what do you see as some of the important components to the preoperative process that lead up to surgery that are required for patients to go through?
1: Well, first of all, you're going to receive some preoperative material from the surgeon's office, from the orthopedic nurses. So it's very important to. Go home, sit down with your coach and your family and go through each piece of paper that you've received to make sure that you're making yourself Prepared for this upcoming surgery. You know, make sure you're actually booked into the pre op joint replacement class and take your coach with you to that class, whether it's in person or virtual. It's very important that they're involved. Also, understanding whether or not your surgeon needs additional clearances. Perhaps you need clearance from your cardiologist or your primary care doctor. Do you need to make appointments with them? Make sure you get that in a timely manner that way your surgeon has your clearance before your surgery. Um, and just making sure you complete everything. That way, you're going to reduce your anxiety and fears and you'll feel prepared. The most important thing is mental preparation.
0: That's absolutely true. And I think we'll get to that a little bit later on in our discussion about the mental preparedness for this type of surgery. How about the physical environment? Do you counselor coach people on the physical environment or do the physical therapists that are involved in that preoperative education do so
1: i think it's a team effort really i think the clinic nurses the nurses in the hospital and physical therapy talk about the home environment and getting ready Uh, particularly in the pre-op class we discuss how to prepare your home removing throw rugs and making it safe we even tell patients listen if you have your walker now why don't you practice using it, you know, before surgery, that way, you know, you can navigate your house, get into the bathroom and, you know, practice.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And I, I think that that physical environment, it can be a stressor for people that have stairs and, and sort of comforting them that, you know, you they'll be able to do those stairs before they leave the hospital setting, whether or not that's, you know, through a, uh, prolonged hospital stay, or a rapid recovery, or a same-day joint replacement program, but we, you know, our primary goal is that people are safe when they go home, and that you know, setting up that home environment ahead of time is is so important. Absolutely. I think one thing that can be confusing for patients is this concept that I just mentioned: this rapid recovery or same-day joint replacement, it's important for people to understand that despite our ability to safely get them home quickly, that these are major surgeries to recover from, and we need to have some forethought about what that recovery looks like and what's important in that recovery piece. When people ask you, Nikki, about you know where should I be recovering, uh, what kinds of things do you go through to try and you know, gear them up? to prepare for that uh, environment to recover in.
1: So recovering in their own home or the home of a family member is by far preferred over that of a rehab facility. Um, The most important thing is safety for our patients. There are some patients that might be living in a housing situation that could put them at risk or impede their progress. So it's important to discuss this with the patient before surgery. Perhaps they can stay with a family member, a sister or a brother. If they let us know that, we can send a home care team to their house it might be better set up it could just be on one floor that way it's easier for them to navigate using the walker some patients live in townhouses with multiple stairs it can be very difficult to navigate the first few days so uh, living with a family member is perfectly fine it's just like living at home and they'll be familiar with that as well
0: that's great nikki and just you mentioned some of these i guess things that I think about as, as logistical problems, you know, how am I going to navigate the stairs? How am I going to do X, Y? And I talk to people about uh, the what, how, and why questions before surgery. And uh, Nikki, I know that we're familiar with these kind of questions that people throw out to us, but I wonder if you'd be able to elaborate on some of the the questions that commonly come up or situations that commonly come up for patients that are actively engaged in their health and thinking about how they're going to manage their health during the recovery. And how do we set those people up for success? So some of the things that I'm thinking are, you know, what about how am I going to cook my dinner? How am I going to prepare my meals? How am I going to get from point A to point B? Would you mind going through some of those, Nikki?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think with regards to meals, a really good idea is to prepare in advance. You know, you could make easy meals, throw them in the freezer. That way you can get them out, just throw them in the microwave. Things like that, grab and go are also a great idea. Perhaps your family, neighbors, friends, you can set up, you know, who's going to bring you lunch, dinner. It's also important to have a really well-balanced diet to increase the amount of water you're drinking, fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, you know, uh, to prevent constipation. And there are lots of services nowadays like Grubhub. DoorDash, Uber Eats, where patients can actually just order food from their cell phone or computer and it was delivered to the door. So things like that can be very helpful. Toileting, does the patient need to go out and buy a bunch of equipment that they don't already have? Not necessarily. Some patients may have a few hip precautions for four to six weeks. Why is that important? Well, you know, some surgeons have bending restrictions and it can be quite difficult for the patient to navigate this during the early phases of recovery. So those patients, if they're a particular height, the occupational therapist might recommend uh, a raised toilet seat, you know, because they they have some bending precautions. So things like that might be quite useful for those types of patients. But in general, I I don't recommend that patients go out and buy lots of equipment that they may not actually need.
0: That's a really good point, sort of really leveraging the team or the resources that you know your surgeon is going to be able to provide you mentioned occupational therapy as that initial starting point which is I think a, a very good starting point to identify whether or not you need some of this equipment what about transportation to and from the hospital how do you tell people that they're are they going to be able to get into a car do they have to use a van or a transport service uh, what about those kinds of things Nikki
1: So I think transportation to and from the hospital is quite important. It's something to discuss before surgery. The therapists will teach the patient how to use the walker to get in and out of a car and in and out of bed. But I think it's important to know what type of vehicle to come to the hospital and go home with. Certainly, you don't want to be trying to get into a Corvette, which would be way too low for a hip patient. You know, their knees would be above their hips and it wouldn't be comfortable.
0: Yeah, that's excellent information that, you know, it's got to be a sensible transportation medium, but we don't have to hire out a small van or, you know, transportation service to to get you to and from the hospital for a standard cars and trucks will will work just fine. Some of the other things that I think I get quite a lot, and at first I thought it was maybe anecdotal, but now it seems to be more and more common, but people talk about the care of other people in their family oftentimes people who are of the age that are getting joint replacement now is much younger than it used to be and sometimes they are primary carers for other family members or maybe it's just the pet how do you try and navigate some of those questions nikki
1: i think it's quite individual you know we have patients in their 30s and 40s that have young children who are being homeschooled so you know, I think it's important that the whole family understands that you know, mom or dad is having a surgery. You might need to help them a little bit. You know, move things out the way. Maybe go and get dad some water. Make sure he's drinking enough. I think being honest and open with your family and letting them know, look, I don't think I'll be able to do the cat litter for a couple of weeks. Someone else will have to do that. Things like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's little things that often people you know won't think about until the first time they have to go and do it. So it's sort of talking about some of those ahead of time, I think is, is, is really important again, to reduce that anxiety around the time of surgery. Yeah. Some other things that I often tell people, even if they don't ask, I'll talk to them about the joint replacement class. You had mentioned the majority of people who are doing hip and knee replacements regularly will have some type of educational material, maybe not a class, Maybe it's just an educational booklet, or in our case, both. But oftentimes, there are some exercises in there. I'll often tell people to clear out an area in their in their home that they'll be able to comfortably do those exercises ahead of time. And that gives them some opportunity to not practice those exercises when they're feeling well, so that the first time that they're doing them isn't you know the first day after surgery. Some of the other things, too, I tell people that there's often – a lot of information in those joint replacement booklets. And you want to be able to locate telephone numbers for important services. So your orthopedic surgeon and their care team, the physical therapy department, your own primary care physician, et cetera. So having those numbers written down in a place that are easily accessible for you. So if you are having a little bit of an issue after the surgery, that those people that are meant to be there to help are easily available.
1: Definitely. I think it's very important that, you know, the patient and their family know that they have the support from the whole team, not just during, but after, once they get home, if they need to speak to someone, they need to know who to call.
0: Absolutely. Well, Niggy, this has been fantastic so far. I really do appreciate the, the time that you've spent thus far, but I don't get rid of you just yet. We've talked a lot about the home environment and how to set that up. We've talked about the people and resources that you're going to need ahead of time so that it sets you up for success after surgery. I think another important point that we could discuss is about how people prepare mentally for such, not just such a large surgery, but it's a fairly prolonged recovery. What kind of things do you talk to patients about, or what kind of questions do patients give to you that sort of relates to this mental preparedness for joint replacement surgery?
1: I think the most important thing is giving the patient honest information, walking them through the whole pathway. So that patient, when they come through the main doors of the hospital, the day of surgery, they know what's going to happen before it happens, because there's a uh, great anxiety and fear It doesn't matter what surgery you have, you know, you're going somewhere where it's not familiar and you feel vulnerable. So I think it's very important to take the patient and the coach through the whole pathway so they know what's going to happen in the pre-op area, the post-op area. Once they get home, what kind of home care am I going to have? What does physical therapy entail? So I think it's very, very important to walk them through the whole pathway.
0: That is so true. You know, I think uncertainty about anything in life, but especially when it's surrounding a surgery, which is scary for a lot of people. For you and I, it's something that is, you know, a normal part of our everyday. but that's not most people's lives. So the more information that people can have ahead of time and the less uncertainty there is on the day of, I think the better that people do because that anxiety is lowered, certainly. And then are there any techniques that people have either brought up to you or you bring up to people that, you know, help them reduce stress leading up to surgery besides just, you know, the information that you mentioned?
1: Yeah, some patients say that they listen to music, or perhaps they do some mindfulness exercises. A lot of patients have said they've tried yoga, deep breathing exercises, whatever works, whatever makes you feel most comfortable is the most important thing. Just being prepared mentally can just be as important as your physical preparation.
0: Absolutely. And I think the other thing that is probably important to mention at this point is, and it's something that you've already mentioned several times, is having that support network and understanding that and having the conversations and understanding that the people who are going to be with you at the beginning of this process are going to follow you through and support you throughout the process is is very comforting to to most people. And just making sure that they have that you know, resource and that support network in place ahead of time can often alleviate a lot of that anxiety leading up to surgery.
1: Absolutely. And there are those patients out there that perhaps don't have that much family or that they live by themselves. You know, we certainly don't want those patients thinking, oh, what about me? I don't have a lot of family members. It's okay. You know, we're there to support them. We'll be there all the way through.
0: That's great, Nikki. I think that that's probably all the time that we have for this podcast, but I'd like to thank you very much for spending the time with us tonight to try and help understand that preparing for such a large surgery like joint replacement, it is manageable and that with a few checklists in mind and a lot of the information that we talked about tonight, that we can really set yourself up for success in that recovery period. So thanks so much, Nikki, I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for joining us for AUKUS Amplified. Visit aahks.org to learn more about how members of the American Association of Hip and Knee Surgeons educate, advocate, and investigate in the field of hip and knee replacement surgery.